Hi guys and welcome to the latest episode of Stand Them Up, the MMA podcast. I'm Mac. I'm Mr. Bustos. <laughs> How you been, man? How's everything been going? I'm good, man. I'm just drinking a Modelo. For those of the fighting spirit. <laughs> Ten years ago, Brian Ortega <laughs> had the choice. <laughs> now, man, how's it feel to finally have uh, UFC coming back, MMA back on our screens? Mate, I'm so excited. The Blessed Express is back. Oh, man, we'll get to that. Don't worry. We'll be breaking down the UFC's third return to Fight Island with a Let's stacked three-card offering in there uh, from this Saturday to next Saturday. So a lot of fun fights to break down. But I thought first we'd uh, talk a bit about just current news and current affairs in MMA. Sounds good, my good sir. So, very interesting this week. Nate Diaz's name kind of got thrown up. So, last week, Dana White insisted that, you know, Nate Diaz probably wouldn't fight in 2021. And uh, as typical Dana White fashion, that means <laughs> he was telling a big fat lie. He said apparently he's working on a very, very fun fight for Nate at 155 with kind of the caveat that if Nate wins, he'll then fight presumably connor if he beats dustin for the 155 oh. belt <laughs> <laughs> is that not everyone's wet dream could you how much i mean that is just the is there they, more of a money fight than that they'd make that for what the interim belt will do what the actual belt i think it depends if khabib retiring i think either way it would be for a belt bro you know how sad that is connor and nate fighting for the belt and there's people like Oliveira out here suffering well that's what i was gonna say so in terms of matchmaking, they have to make it make sense. Like, they can't mm-hmm. just throw the title fight together. And Dana's said that he's basically got a fight for Nate, that if Nate wins, he will fight for the belt. And if Connor, like, so if Connor and Nate both come through their fights, they will then fight. My question I put to you, good sir, who is mm-hmm. this mystery opponent? I know who you think it is. And looking at the rankings, that makes sense. So I'm guessing you think it's um, Oliveira, right? I'm going for Oliveira, but I, I'll go into more my reasoning. But, mate, you can see, say anyone left field at 155, Benil Dariush, Kevin Lee. Bro, that's, that's what I think it is. I think it's going to be Benil Dariush. I'm oh. telling you, I think it, it might be. Bro, bro, are you serious? <laughs> bro, he's on a little bit of a hot streak, and Dana does not give a crap about the rankings. Anything to make <laughs> that fight possible. The trilogy for the belt. They don't want to feed fucking Nate to, to Oliveira. Bro, how, but they can't justify giving Nate a title shot by beating Benil Dariush. Like, he's ranked below Kevin Lee. That is that is rude, to be fair. He should be definitely be ranked above Kevin Lee. But <laughs> He's ranked he, below I mean, me, me... He's ranked below Awai Quinta and Kevin Lee. Benil Dariush... I mean, I, I like Benil Dariush, don't get me wrong. I'm not a Benil Dariush hater, but th- there's no way they can justify giving Nate a title shot if he beats him. Bro... Bro, I'm telling you, they'll they'll just say he's finished like he's finished his last like he's won his last five fights and finished four of them. <laughs> I love the they'll way you've just, just quickly typed that. I love the way you've gone straight to Wikipedia to back up. Bro, I had your to learn no, no. MMA Rick, shout out Sherdog. Oh yeah, Sherdog. Sherdog family. Right, so I I'm gonna do this more logically, right? I'm gonna look I'm gonna let's look at the top ten and lightweight and say mm. what kind of makes sense. We'll go from number ten. So Ally Quinter, I mean, like that doesn't make sense. That's not gonna happen. That's not going to... Fajeda. Fajeda. Interesting. Uh, I mean, he's got very, very good jiu-jitsu, which is quite interesting. But again, not a big enough name. It has to be someone who's quite well-known so that by Nate beating them, <laughs> they can justify it. Uh, Paul Felder. Oh, yay. <laughs> well, Paul Felder's on a two-fight losing streak, so it won't be him. I think it, 
RDA is a decent outsider's pick. Because you look at RDA, mm. he's a former champion at 155. So people know who he is. And he mm. recently, you know, had a really good performance against Paul Felder. So it wouldn't be mm. out of the question for yeah. Dana to give Nate um, RDA. And then if he beats RDA, say, yeah, he's fighting for the belt. There's only one problem I have with this. Which is? RDA, a few years ago, bodied Nate. Mm. At 155. And I think Styles make matchups and I think that he bodies him again just because he's one of those guys who can impose his, you know, his body and his strength on Nate. Because Nate's not yeah. very strong when it comes to wrestling. So. Oh, so you're a wrestler now. <laughs> I see a wrestler now. Yeah, no, I, I think RDA is not a bad shout. Uh, Dan Hooker's obviously matched up with uh, Michael Chandler. Chandler. Tony's on a two-fight losing streak. So... Oh. I mean, how crazy does that... The guy was on, that'd what, be... a 13-fight winning streak? And now he's... That'd on be the... crazy, though. What? Because, you know what, now that you mentioned it, it could make sense. Because I think anyone that beats Tony, you know, you're ready to challenge for the title, at least. But then there's one... Th- there's another problem with that, which is, like, rankings-wise, it makes no sense if Nate beats Tony and gets a shot at the mm-hmm. belt because Charles mm-hmm. Oliveira should then have it. If beating oh, yeah, Tony... Yeah. So Absolutely they can't right. really justify the that. Dana, yeah, but Dana doesn't give a toss about the rankings. Yeah, but there's got it's got to be rooted in some sort of thing. If Nate beats Tony, right, mm-hmm. he, he can't just say, oh, Nate just beat Tony. You know, Tony was such a killer. So Nate then deserves a title shot. It's like Charles Oliveira's like, well, I, I beat Tony, like literally last fight. Bro, I'm telling you, they'll do that. I'm so sure they'll do that. I they'll mean, be the, I mean it's, Dana, like... it's definitely Dana. So, you know, he will do that. Because they were trying to get uh, Chandler to fight Oliveira, and Oliveira couldn't get any time, obviously, because he just fought. He'll definitely say that as the reason. Well, he wasn't ready to fight, so <laughs> I gave it to Nate. You know, Nate was ready, wanted it. Bro, shut up, you thumb. <laughs> Man, the Dana White hatred's real. So, yeah, just going further up. So then, obviously, above Tony, you've got Connor. Then th- I think it's going to be Charles Oliveira, because rankings-wise, that makes sense in terms of if Nate beats Charles Oliveira, you could justifiably say Nate then deserves a title shot off the back of that. And in terms of matchup-wise, I mean, the UFC probably wants Nate to win. I'm not saying by any means he's going to roll over Oliveira. I think Oliveira's a hell of a fighter. Um, I think it's more so Oliveira's really good jiu-jitsu is probably something that's not going to worry Nate too much. And then Stand-up-wise, you know, I think that's quite an interesting fight. So, yeah, by no means a gimme for Nate, but I think Charles Oliveira, mm. kind of all signs, would point towards him. No, I mean, that's the logical um, <laughs> that's the logical pick. I'm still going with Benil Dariush. <laughs> UFC fight night, Diaz versus Dariush. I'm, uh, I'm waiting can, to hear. Can you imagine? I mean, the thing I find about crazy, right? The last time Nate <laughs> like fought at 155, he fought, I think he beat Michael Johnson and it was 2015. Mm. And Nate's not been at 55 bro. in so long. Bro, but that was one of the like Nate's greatest performance. He smoked Michael Johnson. Yeah, I know. Like Michael Johnson is obviously the GOAT because he, he beat Tony before it was cool. And like, <laughs> I do like Michael Johnson, but I think before that, his last win at 55 was then Gray Maynard in like 2013. He is just... An expert in almost winning fights and then losing. Yeah, Michael Johnson. So I was saying Nate Diaz's last win in 55 was Gray Maynard, but I do agree Michael Johnson's the oh, expert. Okay. Michael Johnson is the expert of looking great until he doesn't look great. 
Yeah, I love Michael Johnson. Yeah. Shout out Michael Johnson. All right, and then in another current affairs, uh, Dana White said ahead of uh, Conor McGregor's return, he's going to be cracking down on all you illegal streamers out there. He said he's got a you know, know surprise up his work. sleeve. Yeah, like what's he talking about? Come on, you got to dig into his mindset for me, Javid. I saw something about like there's a, there's was like a law that was passed that like allows people to prosecute the the people who make the stream. So I think the people who stream it will get in trouble. But why well, in the people who host the website? But I mean, it's impossible to get everyone else who's watching it because if you just use a VPN, it's it's impossible to get tracked down. Yeah, I mean, but I just I, what, people get slapped with fines. <laughs> I mean, what I'm expecting is Dana says, you know, he's got a surprise for you motherfuckers. I expect, you know, you're about to watch the main event. Dustin and uh, Connor are facing off the bell rings and just a massive pop-up video. Mm. Dana White comes going, that's fucking illegal. <laughs> and then uh, your computer gets <laughs> some like mad malware and uh, fucked. <laughs> that'd be, that'd that'd be, be great. Incredible. But the thing I find that's quite crazy is like with those kind of like piracy laws and stuff. So say, for example, one of my friends like bought the pay-per-view legitimately and then we all kind of watched it together in terms of like all mates gathering together and they host Mm -hmm. it. So say it's like a couple of friends. One of the like guys like, yeah, I bought the pay-per-view. I'm going to host it so you guys can all watch it through my feed. To what extent is that any different from, you know, us going round to a friend's house in, like, normal times? And obviously with COVID, we're not allowed to do that. Mm. Like, what I would say to you yeah. is, to me, that doesn't seem like it should be illegal or immoral. Yeah, I mean, if it's something like that. But to be fair, I do see his point. Like, if one person buys it and then streams it to, like, I don't know how many people... Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, I mean, obviously stream. those massive streamers, I can understand why that's an issue, but I always just had that thing of, oh, you know, if is it really piracy if, like, one of us were to buy it and then we all kind of watch it on, like, a three or four-person Discord server or something like that? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's just tough, I guess. you just got to... I guess you got to be consistent, right? But yeah. But definitely I'm... in case of picking your fights as well, definitely yeah, be definitely. going after the big streamers that really abuse it. Yeah, I mean, and then, so more on Dana White. So Dana White and Khabib had a suspicious meeting this week in Abu Dhabi. <laughs> Wait, Bro, do you see them just bare rubbing each other's backs and patting each other? Yeah, it was weird. And then, you know, they'd go into a room together and shut the door. It was all very, like, you know, year seven sleepover, kind of seventh heaven, like, lips in. It was, it was, <laughs> it was uncomfortable. Yeah, man, it was bare weird, like. Yeah. Daniel just bare rubbing his back. Daniel was saying that he's, he was going to be a short five-minute conversation where Khabib either says yes or no, which is immense cap. I don't think he's going to be like that. I think he's definitely going to be sucking Khabib off trying to beg him to get a comeback. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is, if Khabib does come back, it does ruin any plans for Conor versus Nate. But it opens the door for Conor versus Khabib, which you'd much rather... But this is the thing with Khabib. Does Khabib really want to fight Conor again? I think the only fight that Khabib's interested in at 13 is GSP. Yeah, but I think GSP is kind of just... He's been in and out, like dipping his toe in and out of thinking about that fight, but it seems like he's hes more so out of it now. Yeah, definitely. But don't tell me Dana couldn't get that fight together. GSP, even though he says he's retired, yeah. he is still very much motivated by that but fight. I do feel like they can force it in a way where Conor is... is they, they portray him as the blatant number one contender where he's kind of forced to, to fight him. 
So what, so if Connor beats, say, Dustin and then what, like, Gaethje or Oliveira or just, because it sounds Bro, like, it I sounds like Dana said, it's, yeah, it sounds like Dana said, you know, if Connor beats Dustin, he then fights for a belt or something. Oh, yeah, who will definitely let him bypass fighting Oliveira and just straight away stick him at, like, the, the next in line to fight him. No, Dana, would, Dana wouldn't do that, would he? Dana would never ignore the <laughs> rankings and uh, give preferential treatment. He would never do that. What are you talking that. about? Dana respects the bro. No one gives a toss about the rankings. Yeah, I mean the rankings are pretty like. Shit. <laughs> yeah, I've yeah. In terms of how you, some of the rankings are decided and stuff, I mean it's terrible. It really it is. Sense. Yeah, it, it makes sense. it makes genuine like so. I'm I'm just looking at like the pound for pound rankings. They're always really fun ones to look at. Okay. They're always very very sus. To be fair. Yeah, I mean, Robert Whittaker, 13th. Conor McGregor, 12th. I don't know. Okay. You know what I was thinking the other day? What? How much... If if Izzy beats um, Blahovic, where does this put him in the conversation for GOAT? To be fair, yeah. He's, he's getting up there. Yeah. He's cleared out the middleweight division. No, he really has. Like, I, I'm not a massive fan of, like, champs jumping divisions while they still have the belt. I'm kind of a big fan mm. of handle your business, like clear out your division, move up, vacate the belt, you know, like let the division kind of flow. With Izzy, he genuinely has cleared out 185. Like there's no obvious um, contender that makes sense for him to fight. No. So, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. the Rob rematch, like Robert Whitaker's done enough to fight. Robert Whitaker should be fighting for the belt next. But then, yeah, it's then a tricky one because then, you have to kind of look at it and then say, oh, okay, if he then beats mm. Yan, would John even move back down from heavyweight? Because, I mean, John looks massive. No. He looks big. I don't think he's going back down, to be honest. He, he said himself, granted, you can't always take him out of his word, but he said he's done with with lightweight for the time being. He, he wants to clear out heavyweight. Well, he's done at lightweight. He's, he's, legacy, he's, which... done, he's done at 55. <laughs> well, light heavyweight, no, not lightweight. <laughs> You imagine John Jones at lightweight. I mean, yeah, if he clears out the heavyweight division as well, then, hmm, boy. I, I just think, so this is what I think with the John Jones Izzy thing. Jones at 205 was picking on like a lanky 185er and Izzy to move up. Izzy's now cleared out mm. his division and is moving up. And John's like, oh, well, I'm going to heavyweight. So like, th there's too much chasing. Like John then saying, oh, Izzy now has to move to heavyweight. It's like, you look at Izzy's frame. I, I don't think it's a heavyweight's frame whatsoever. Uh, obviously, at the, at the moment, it's not. But I mean, he's he's 6'4". So maybe, I don't know, if he, if he wins the belt, maybe defends it once or twice and just dedicates like, I don't know, like a year to trying to fill out into a heavyweight. What, a, a, a year of just like chicken, rice and broccoli, bruh. Yeah, just getting bolo, just getting yeah. Stupid but he'll deep. he'll definitely need some like sauce or 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 some gas station dick pills if you're John Jones. That that's what uh, does the trick for a USADA violation apparently. Mm. I mean, it'd be. I think Izzy would take it. You know, if he if he wins the light heavyweight um, belt, defends it once or twice, then he gets a shot at Jones to become the first triple champ ever, um, and he's fighting someone who's not really a a full fledged heavyweight. He's fighting a previous light heavyweight. So it'd probably be his best chance at becoming a triple champ. All right, who do you think has a better chance of becoming a triple champ? Uh, Adesanya or Henry Cejudo? 
You know who I think the three people most capable of becoming triple champs are? Yeah, let me hear this. Henry Cejudo, Henry Cejudo, Izzy, and Connor. What, Connor at 170? Connor at World Champ. I mean, it, obviously, it's got to be a, a GS. It's got to be a GSP thing where he waits, he bides his time, and sees someone like when GSP saw Bisping was champion. Okay. Yeah, but who at 170 right is going to beat Usman? He can beat top welterweights. Maybe. Um, how how old is Usman? Well, I don't know, but like, how old's Connor, realistically? Like, so what? Say Usman right, loses to Burns. Do you think Connor beats Burns? No, no. Let, let's say, how about how about this? Flipping. Um. Let's say. Uh, Wonder Boy gets the belt. Wonder Boy's a striker. Maybe um, Connor can do something in the striking department and knock him out. Oh my God! I can see, I can Stop see Boy. this blasphemy <laughs> right now! Bro, no, no, Bro, no, 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 no! If Pettis can knock him no, out, I'm Connor not having that. Out. No, I'm not having that. I'm not having. Oh, if Pettis, like Pettis, got so lucky. Pettis is a 155er who's oh not as God. good a striker as Connor. I lo- I love the logic we're using here. Just like, oh yeah, if Wonder Boy gets the belt, oh yeah, Connor smokes Wonder Boy. Yeah, that's a given. That I'm is not saying such he smokes cap. him. I'm saying he can knock him out. I'm saying he can knock him out. Do you, can that Connor knock so out Wonder Boy? Cap. Can Connor, cap. I'm asking you. I'm asking you. Can Connor knock out Wonder Boy? What with the Superman punch off a cage that's like completely unexpected, like you know, not with the Superman punch, but he can, bro. If they touch the left, they're going down. <laughs> That's the worst accent I've heard. Yeah, there's no <laughs> way. Wonder Boy is such a like specific puzzle, and in terms of just his length and stuff, like to be fair, it's a it's a really interesting fight. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not gonna say that like I can like I can say definitively. I'm I'm not just gonna automatically be like, oh yeah, like Con- uh, Connor Wonder Boy. Connor's easily winning that. That's for, like that's a given. Uh, no, that's, that's a cap. Yeah. So anyway, so okay, he smokes Wonder Boy hypothetically. Then, then what does Connor do at one seventy? Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Like if he what if he wins the belt? So at one seventy, maybe if Masvidal wins at one seventy and Connor has time to proper go one seventy, I can see Connor beating Masvidal. Oh, that'd be a great fight. That'd be huge. I mean, you could just print money at that point, right? Bro, I'm I'm giving all my money for that. You know who I think could be an outsider option for triple champ. Who? Davison Figueredo. Yeah, oh, shout. Yeah, mm, he he's massive for. To be fair, I think I think he's a good bet for a double champ because he is he walks around bigger than I think a few bantamweights, and he goes obviously all the way down to flyweight. So I could see him doing well at bantamweight. The thing is that jump from bantamweight to featherweight, I just think is a bit too much for those kind of flyweight guys. Yeah. I think the only chance you have is Volkanovski being champion. Obviously, Volkanovski is stacked, but he is quite short. So mm. it's whereas someone like Holloway, just for that crazy kind of reach and yeah, Styles yeah. make matchups. Yeah, so you're never beating a guy that long because he's long for 45. So also he he just uses his length so well, right? With Holloway, obviously, great, great footwork as well. Yeah, I mean, we'll get, we'll get to Holloway in a second. Um, yeah, just to wrap up some more current affairs. So now, uh, I think this is from USADA in the UFC, but now uh, doping violations, well, violations relating to marijuana aren't going to count towards uh, doping violations, which, you know, it only took them however many, when was USADA invented? Like 2012? It only took them nine years too late or whatever to realize that 
smoking weed doesn't give you a fucking advantage. It's not like, <laughs> what, he thinks weed's like some fucking steroids. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, the argument was so stupid. Like, if you smoke it 72 hours before a fight, it will, it will numb you to the pain. Just fuck off. Isn't it's it? so dumb. So, you know, like, Nevada, they originally gave, like, uh, Nick Diaz, they gave him a five-year suspension originally relating mm. to a fucking pot violation. Yeah. Like, like, what the fuck? Like, that we're legitimately in a sport full of cheaters trying to game the system, you know, EPO Dillashaw, all of that stuff. And <laughs> and you've got Nick Diaz, who's clearly just some fucking stoner who likes, you know, hitting the bong, like, during telephone interviews and doing, like, jiu-jitsu and nunchucks. You're giving that guy five years suspension. That was ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it's about time. It's like, you know, if you say like a week before a fight, you have a beer after training camp or whatever. Like, are you, like, is that, is that going to impact your performance? Is that some violation? No. So this whole weed thing I always thought was quite stupid. Yeah, I've never got either. I'm glad it's gone. But yeah, I'm not surprised with the, uh, there's so much talk of the Diaz bros that I guess uh, weed also had to come up this week. So it's very fitting. <laughs> This is why I'm coming back, or why Nate's coming back. God knows, obviously, Nick. I mean, that's the thing with Nick as well. Like, don't get me wrong. Nick, historically, is a hell of a fighter. He's thinking about Nick Diaz in 2021. I just don't really know where he fits into everything apart from kind of legacy-style fights. I don't really see him against top welterweights. Nah. Like, you know it'd be fun? Nick and, and Robbie. I was literally in my head just thinking, you know what, like grizzled kind of old timers, a fight for, you know, that kind of generation of UFC fans. Nick versus Robbie Lawler would be cool. I'd I'd fuck with that. Yeah, that'd be a, that'd be a, a pretty fun fight night. Yeah, I mean, you could defo that could definitely be a main event. And uh, you said you had some current affairs news, uh, a slight surprise for me. I've got news that I'm very excited for. I don't know if you're excited for it, but I'm very oh, excited God. for it. Yeah, um, let's hear this. Tatiana Suarez is looking to return this year and I am over the moon. If anyone knows me, they know I love Tatiana Suarez. I've been a fan of her since day one. Seems like our neck's finally okay and she's uh, she's coming back into a very stacked uh, women's division. You know what? Shout out. I'm, I'm going to grab this clip right now of our podcast and we can DM it to Tatiana Suarez. Shout her out. She's a fucking sick Shout fighter. out Tatiana Suarez. Yeah, Num- number one fan here since day one. <laughs> no, too fair. I, I, Tatiana Suarez is fucking cool. Like, I really like her fights and her grappling. So, yeah, mate, you know, I'm more than happy to talk about that with current affairs. She deserves it. But yeah, big up her. And now. She's a problem. Yeah, too fair. She's absolutely a problem. And now I, th- I reckon let's turn to the, the UFC's return to Fight Island. So, Fight Island 3, Revenge of the Sith. So, they've got um, <laughs> three. So, they've got three fight nights. There's. One tomorrow, uh, one on Wednesday, which is another fight night. And then next Saturday is UFC 257, McGregor versus Poirier 2. So uh, just breaking down kind of the key fights from tomorrow. So all the fighters have weighed in. They're on weight as we're recording this. So this will be mm-hmm. retroactively uh, funny to look at our predictions. So in the main event, the Blessed Express, Max Holloway, takes on New England's finest boxing 145er, Calvin Cater. Javid, who do you have yes, and why? I've got Max UD. And give me give me your reason. Let me let me hear this. I think I think Max takes him to deep waters and starts to drown him out in the third, fourth and fifth. 
with his footwork and pressure. And he's long for the division as well. Uh, I think he's got more variety in his strikes as well. I think Calvin's more just that, that boxing range. I think Max can can get in and out of range, use his kicks as well. I think he's a better striker. I think Kate is a better boxer, but Max is an overall better striker. Got the better gas tank. Granted, Kate's gas tank is pretty good as well, but I'm giving it to Max. It's such a hard one to call. It really is. Like, I really see this as quite a big crossroads fight for Max in terms of, mm -hmm. you know, he, this is his first fight since 2016 that's not been for the title. And mm -hmm. he's coming off, uh, you know, he's on a two fight losing streak. Granted, they're two kind of, you know, they're, they're not dishonorable. They're not, yeah, they're not dishonorable losses. Like, the, the last fight he lost to Volkanovsky was very, very close. And the first one was. Mm -hmm close but not really as close as the second one where it was like damn that could have gone really either way and it's mm -hmm. it's a really hard one for me it's very difficult to pick against max just in terms of how talented that guy is it really is mm. i'm gonna go with a safe pair and i'm gonna go for max as well but man you know if kater shows up with some of the power you know he starts jeremy stevens with that elbow it, what mm. statement it that would be clean. if I mean if he were to knock out Max Holloway, God. No like, way, no way. Get out of town. I'm He's saying if I'm not saying he will. I'm saying if. What a statement that would be. I think it's impossible. Impossible to not. But that's the thing with Max. Like he does have a good chin. He he's obviously had a lot of miles. He's been in quite a few wars. But I think Dustin Poirier didn't knock him out at 155. I don't think anyone in the 45 division is knocking him out. I mean, I'm just trying to think now, 145. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I, I don't disagree with that. I think, yeah, I think it would take a lot to get Max out there. So, yeah, no, I'm I'm going to go for Holloway. Yeah, I reckon a Holloway decision. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably agree with you with that. I can't wait for uh, Kater to submit him or something and people who are listening to this be like, these uh, MMA casuals, no fuck all. But they're correct. That's why we're an <laughs> MMA casuals podcast. Um, in the co-main event, we have... I don't want to say a gulag fight because that's not kind, but we have the grizzled veterans fight. This is the fight that appeals to slightly <laughs> older generation of uh, MMA fighters back in the WEC and early UFC days. We've got Carlos Condit versus Matt Brown, which could, interestingly enough, actually probably both be the last fight. I wouldn't be surprised if both of them retired, to be honest. Yeah, this is a, yeah, feels like a proper throwback in time fight. Yeah, I mean, and you know what? Those fights have their place, you know. Like, I thought it was really cool when the UFC, I believe this was, it was in Fight Island when they did um, Lil Nog versus Shogun, the trilogy. And you mm -hmm. know what? I thought that, that was, was cool. I liked the build-up, you know. I, I don't love seeing fights who are really old fighting kind of past their prime, just in terms of, like, the health ramifications. But, yeah, I mean, you know what? Yeah. Like, Lil Nog versus Shogun, it was kind of a throwback to those Pride era days. And Condit versus Brown, you know, that is, you know, they're both, you know, they're both very established names. So. Established, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't hate that. Um, who do you have and why? Hmm. You know what? I give it. I give it to Condit just because he's he looked he looked pretty decent in his last fight. Just give him on activity. He looked good in his last fight. Yes, yeah, a tricky one. Yeah, for me, this is a real pick'em. Uh. Yeah. To be fair, I can't really call this one. I'll just go for Condit. Just just on that kind of vague basis but yeah this one for me could really go either way i'm a big fan of both of them yeah 
And then just on sort of further down the card, just one to watch out for. Joaquin Buckley is fighting again. And if you don't know who he mm-hmm. is, he is the guy who the UFC has strapped a rocket to because he did the knockout of the century with the kind of midair mm-hmm. spinning back kick to the face. So, yeah, he's going to be so, fighting. So don't be surprised if you see, finish. yeah, another highlight real KO that they'll then repeat. Uh, uh, I hope you're not trying to skip my boy, Santiago. Ponzinibbio. Yeah, we can talk about him. Yes, he hasn't fought yeah, in I... ages. He almost, like, died. Yeah, he had a horrible injury. He hasn't fought in about two years. But he is a problem at 170. Before he got injured, he was on, like, a seven-fight winning streak. Yeah, he knocked out Gunnar Nelson as well. I love Gunnar Nelson, man. He, yeah, he knocked out Gunnar Nelson, beat uh, Mike Perry in the decision, and then knocked out Neil Magny. Yeah. So, so he's got, you know. Yeah, he's fighting. He's fighting he's a Li Jing Lang, I believe. Uh, I might have butchered that name, but yeah. So yeah. Li Jing Liang, He's coming yeah. in short notice. Who was Ponzinibbio supposed to fight? Oh, I can't remember off the top of my head. Who was it? I can't remember who's meant to fight, but he is going to be a problem in that division. And I, I feel like he's got the backing of the UFC. Like, they want to push him. Mm. I'm trying so to remember who he was to meant him. to fight. He was meant to fight someone remember. and then they dropped out. I can't remember who he's meant to fight, but... Yeah. If he gets a win there, he's going to fight someone good and decently ranked afterwards so no definitely the title picture yeah you know what i find quite funny i've I've just i've just looked to the welterweight rankings so hamzat kamayev has been bumped up to one at 14 conor mcgregor is now ranked 15 at welterweight it's just so stupid but hamzat's 14 he who's he the only welterweight he's beaten is reese mckee who i think's one and two or one and three is a ufc welterweight oh the rankings are just i've got to close these before i get really angry so then uh speaking of welterweight on wednesday we have fight night uh aka fight night not leon edwards versus hamzat kamaya <laughs> uh which would have been cool uh instead the co-main for that has been bumped to the main which is uh mm-hmm. mike chiesa versus neil magny who do you That's have fun. for this one and why hmm i, I can... think it's the classic strike of us grappler here but hmm who do i have? i can hear the apathy in your voice <laughs> You know what? I'll give it to uh, to Magni. He's on a he's on a nice hot streak at the moment. I give it to him. I love a good it. gas tank on him as well. You're just a momentum based guy. I love it. I'm a momentum based guy. I'm not gonna lie. Michael Kess is on a decent run as well, but no, I don't know, man. And um, I not to skip over the last one, but I'm assuming both of us are in agreement that um, uh, Pontenabio is gonna win. So uh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's definitely what seems to be a warm fight. Which you know, if our prediction anything like Chael Sun and uh, <laughs> Li Jing Liang is gonna starch him in like the first round, and we'll be there. Bro, in all the big fights, my predictions have been wrong, so I'm yeah I'm hesitant man. with my predictions now. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's one of those things. You know, no one's no one's gonna listen to our predictions and then think, oh, they know what they're talking about. I'm gonna my, throw some money my, on that. My proudest moment was uh, picking Darren Till. A darn tour decision over um, Gastelum. I will still be proud of that till the day I die. I mean, oh man, yeah, I went for Gastelum KO. I was really sold on that. Do you, yeah, yeah, yeah n- not my proudest moment. So yeah, Kiesa, <laughs> Kiesa versus Magni. Oh, that's a trick one. I do see it kind of going the distance. Oh, to be fair, I, I see it as being not the most exciting fight. 
um, in truth. I remember Kiesa versus RDA was particularly dull, and that was Kiesa's going to win that fight. fight. It's going to be someone whoever grits out the most. It's going to be a very gritty, grindy fight. Yeah, so I, I think that's quite close on. I'm going to go... Oh, fuck it. I'll go Kiesa decision, just because you went yeah. Neil Magny, so I might as well not pick him. Love a bit of parity. We like. And then we go to UFC 257, which will be next Saturday. The notorious Conor McGregor returning to action against Dustin the Diamond Poirier. This, of course, being mm-hmm. a rematch from when the pair first fought and Conor knocked out Dustin in round one. Javid, what are your thoughts around this fight? Uh, I want Conor to knock him out in the first round, but I just I don't want that for Dustin Poirier. I'm, just, I'm so conflicted here because... I'm so on board the Connor hype train, but you know, I think Connor does get him out out of there inside. I'd say two rounds. Yeah, I mean, I think Connor's going to do it. Yeah, inside two rounds, I'd maybe say, yeah, even late first round, which is sad because yeah. you know I really like Dustin. Like Dustin seems like a genuinely nice bloke. Yeah, I mean, I think the the narrative going to this fight is if Dustin can make it out the the second, get it to the later rounds, he'll win. But that's like with every Connor fight. Like everyone mm. always says yeah. that. Um, yeah. Like yeah, I I just think it is Grand- kind of easy to say. Oh yeah, get I- Connor into the later rounds. But like Nate did that. Nate has like a fucking crazy chin. Yeah, I I think as well that Dustin is in trouble as well. He's a particularly like he starts the first round a bit slow. Like the first minute or two, it takes him a bit to warm up and really start letting the strikes go. So I think he's just going to be in trouble against Connor. And that's the I thing think Connor's going to knock him out. Connor, Connor's just such a quick starter. Like, it's so underrated, mm. but it's that kind of electricity. Like, you know, you look at his fights with Cowboy, Jose Aldo. Like, you know, even with the Chad Mendes fight, I went into the second round. But, like, Connor, I've, I can't think of a fighter where it's like those first few rounds, he really is quite potent almost in the cage. Mm. It's pretty crazy. It's not even like a Francis Ngannou just. Oh my god! Run man. throwing overhands to knock someone out. It's it's all very calculated, and you know. Yeah, even tactical. like even like that Eddie Alvarez fight. I mean, even though that oh, went god. to like the Disgusting. second round, it was it was so just one sided in terms of Connor just imposing his will and imposing his like yeah, just imposing his kind of skill on Eddie. It was crazy. Mm. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen I've seen loads of Dustin memes where it's like. In, in an interview when uh, my favorite had Dustin saying is oh, I got 25 minutes to make life fair <laughs> I love that <laughs> uh, he, he gets me riled up man you know what I'm not mad at whoever wins that fight oh yeah no look I'm happy with whoever wins that but I, I just think Connor's gonna win it'll be upsetting because I do yeah, like yeah. Dustin yeah, yeah agreed so then with Connor winning there, he'll probably get a title shot, um, whether that's against Khabib or it's for the vacant belt against Nate Diaz if uh, Nate beats oh Benil Dariush. So uh, got that to look, <laughs> to look forward to. Glad and then in the co-main of that, so, you know, that pay-per-view card was probably being pirated uh, initially because the card was pretty weak apart from the uh, main event, so don't want to pay all that money just for a one-card fight. They have stacked the co-main slightly with Dan Hooker versus Michael Chandler. Uh, Javid, mm-hmm. who do you have in this one and why? I've got Dan Hooker decision. That's pretty boring. Yeah, let, let me hear why. 
I think, well, Dan's long for for the division as well. I think he's got decent takedown defense. I mean, it's a bit of the unknown. I personally haven't seen that much of Michael Chandler. I've seen some of his stuff, some of his highlights, but just from what I've seen, I think he's got enough to, to stuff the takedowns, keep the, the striking up, because I think undoubtedly it's going to be Dan Hooker striking versus Michael Chandler's wrestling. You do love simplifying think, almost every fight to striker versus grappler. Here's why. No, nah, but I, I don't think Michael Chandler wants to strike with Dan Hooker, especially because of the the reach and just the striking advantage he has. So, hmm. Yeah, to be fair, it's, it's an interesting one. I don't know, man. Chandler. It's, it is that unknown. It, this is the measuring stick. This is, okay, how good... Just how good is Michael Chandler? Yeah. Man, this is a tricky one. Who do I reckon? Dan Hooker or Michael Chandler? I'm really really conflicted on this one because I agree with you in terms of Hooker controlling the distance and peppering him with those kind of long straight strikes. Like Chandler does have very good at kind of that explosive sort of Z twitch power. Like, you know, he starched Benson Henderson in his last fight in Bellator. Oh man, that's a tricky one. I'm, I might go, yeah, I'm going to go hooker by decision. And, uh, yeah, I love it. Yeah, wait, I mean, say hooker does beat Chandler. Where does Chandler then go from here? Because, you know, he came in, this is, you know, this is his fight. He is coming in with a lot of hype i mean it's probably oh, yeah. died down a little bit but where does he go from here if he loses michael Chandler, if he loses i think he's in a bit of a sticky position if he loses because i think dan hooker is the the lowest hyped guy but the best of like in terms of the elite fighters he's probably at the bottom of them just on the just on the cusp so if he loses to dan hooker i think Maybe, maybe he'll fight I mean, Benil. Yeah, or maybe Benil Darius. Or leave Benil, <laughs> Benil Darius alone, for goodness sake. The guy. My man. guy, the goat. Yeah, man. We, we love Benil Darius. All right, and I was thinking that then, just to end the show, we have a few uh, questions to answer. So I um, asked a question that caused quite a lot of debate on Instagram this week. So I thought it'd be good for me and you to debate the subject properly. So this is the famous age old question. Who would win in a fight? Ten Brock Lesnar's okay. or one silverback gorilla? I reckon oh, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll I'll put I'll just give you a bit of context for this. So this has been something that has divided me and a lot of people for many years because it's been a question that yeah it divides a lot of people. It really splits a room. I think it's a fantastic icebreaker question. <laughs> If you're on a first date, I reckon you ask it. Um, if mm-hmm. she even knows, if she knows who Brock Lesnar is, that's probably a good thing. Absolutely. Yep. But yeah, so I reckon 10 kind of like, you know, <laughs> 2003 Smackdown, here comes the pain, like crazy traps connected to his fucking ears, like steroid infused Brock Lesnar. That's what I'm thinking mm-hmm. of. So 10 of them versus yep. one silverback gorilla. Yep. So Javid, who do you have in that? I think the gorilla wins. Here, here's what I, I propose a counter question okay 10 2003 roid filled Brock Lesnar's with knuckle dusters that are very sharp and they are dipped in acid <laughs> so what you, you think, I think that's close so you think just the gorilla is so dominant that 10 Brock's just couldn't do anything to it 
I think the ground. I think that the Brocks can get some decent time in the ground and pound department. But just with their fists alone, it won't be enough to, to kill the gorilla. Now, so, if you have uh, some knuckle dusters with acid on them, now we're talking. <laughs> I love the way the knuckle dusters dipped in acid. That's so specific. Yeah, it's got to be. So, what you think, like Brock Lesnar wearing like MMA gloves, like, yeah, what, what do you Oh, no, it's got to be bare knuckle. Bare knuckle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when they, wouldn't they like break their hands if they like punched a gorilla? Like, gorilla's pretty, got pretty thick skeleton, no? It's, it's got to do maximum damage and you know there's 10 of them so it doesn't matter if a couple of them break their hands so you think so let me right let's let's go before the knuckle, the knuckle dusters, dusters on, right? before the knuckle dusters and before the acid right let's just go back okay. to the, the pure kind of philosophical question so why does mm-hmm. a gorilla why does a gorilla beat 10 Brock Lesnar's in your opinion I think I don't know what kind of game plan these Brocks have but if the Brock Lesnar's try and shoot on a gorilla, a gorilla can literally, literally slap the Brock Lesnar's head off. Oh my god! Like the head man. will fall I'm not off. Have, so this is shout out Ryan. He he was giving me this. He was like, yeah. So like a Brock Lesnar just goes up and the gorilla just one bangs him and then that Brock Lesnar's dead. It's like uh, the gorilla hasn't been trained by fucking Freddie Roach. You know he's not fucking Teddy Atlas's star oh, pupil. Bro, stop it. Stop what? So, so, so you Bro. think a gorilla can Bro, throw stop. a like a precise? You're telling me what? Brock's gonna slip? <laughs> what? So you're telling me a gorilla? Is Brock gonna slip a punch d- from a gorilla. D- so d- does gorilla have the cleanest like fucking two straight down the pipe you've ever seen? Bro, what are you, what are you talking about? Two, bro, a gorilla's gonna slap his head off. So a gorilla will An just open hand slap. So open hand slap and it decapitates Brock. Yes. Oh my god, man, this fucking guy. Bro, you know how strong gorillas are? A silverback gorilla. Yeah, I've seen that. Because that's another thing. Someone was like, oh, do you know how much, you know, a silverback gorilla can bench press this? It's like, what? when the fuck have they ever made a silverback gorilla bench press a fucking weight? <laughs> how can you do that? <laughs> yeah, I don't, know. I don't know where they get those kind of like, things. I, I get theoretical strong. strength. Like, I get that. Yeah. But being like, yeah, a, a fucking silverback can bench press like 4,000 pounds or whatever. And it's like, when the fuck have uh, you ever th- got a gorilla sat down fucking they- pumping iron? I feel like, do you believe that a gorilla can slap Brock Lesnar's head off? What is I feel such... like we need to agree on that before we continue. <laughs> what What do you mean just slap his head off? <laughs> like a Brock Lesnar's in front of him. Let's say a Brock Lesnar's shot on him, he's got a single leg. The gorilla's kind of looked down at him, opened its hand and slapped him full force. Like he swung, he's loaded up, he slapped his head. Now his head has just flown into the sky. <laughs> My guy's thinking it's like fucking Ngarni versus Overeem. Absolutely. And here's the thing. I think, personally, the head will come off and fly off. But even if it doesn't, <laughs> it, it, Brock Lesnar will die. A Brock Lesnar will die from that. Right. Can this, we agree on that? This is the thing, right? So you're just saying it's so easy because, yeah, there's this one Brock Lesnar who's shot on the gorilla. The gorilla can just focus its attention and decapitate this Brock Lesnar. There's mm-hmm. a ten prime roided Lesnars at once. Yes. Ten. Okay. What does okay. the does the gorilla what do, do they line up and just receive their fucking slap, their decapitation no, no. each? This is ten like at the I'm same saying, time. I don't I don't know what game plan they have in it. Maybe they maybe two of them shoot in. My their game plan is they all fucking attack at once. Three hundred pounds of pure steroided man Brock Lesnar, and they all just fucking attack it at once. I, I don't think that's a good idea though. I think they've got to, they've got to be tactical about it. I think they need two Brock Lesnar's per leg, 
get another one, go around, around the back, start punching in the back of the head. Oh, man, that's fucking all... illegal. We, we, you're not allowed strikes to the back of the head in MMA. <laughs> Bro, it's got to be done, man. Because I think the gorilla will literally just do a little... Just a swing, one swing, it will kill maybe three Brock Lesnar's. <laughs> Bro, what the fuck are you talking about? So a gorilla's just going to swing its arm. There'll magically be three Brock Lesnar's and what? Its arm will go through the first one, the second one, and third one and kill them all instantly. Like, are you fucking well, serious? Well, you're, you're, saying that you're saying that the Brock Lesnar's are going to charge, all of them are going to charge the gorilla at once, right? But they can form a circle around the gorilla and then attack it all from different angles. Okay, cool. It does that. Gorillas are very fast. So let's say, let's say it kills one gorilla per uh, one Brock Lesnar per swing. I don't think it does. It, like, I don't think it's what would just one swing Whoa. and then oh, Lesnar's dead. We need, we need, we need a special guest. Can we? Who? Who's someone that we can we can um view as a reliable source here? A where, gorilla will. Where's one Harambe? Where's Harambe? No, no, don't get me wrong. Okay, a gorilla is powerful. Har Har Harambe got quick quick scoped. <laughs> Right, so Harambe got 360 no scope, right? Uh, right, let's leave Harambe's right, death out of this. It's a sore let's subject. Call, it's let's a sore subject. Let's call Abdul. No, Abdul. we're not calling. We don't need to call anyone, okay, right? We'll leave Harambe alone. But we'll leave, we'll leave Bro, Let's call Abdul. No, let's call Abdul and we, ask him. We don't need Physi to, a we physics don't need student. To let's ask him. We need to oh, ask him. Nah. Can a gorilla kill. Yes, a gorilla can. I'm not actually debating that. I need you that. to concede this point. I'm not debating. So a gorilla has the power where it can kill okay. Brock Lesnar. What I'm saying is the ease of it just being able to one bang Brock Lesnar and it's dead. I think it, you're overstating how easy that is. So you think if a gorilla slaps Brock Lesnar in the head, it won't die? If a gorilla, like, cleanly connects with a Brock Lesnar, like, that Brock Lesnar is probably out of commission. Don't know if it's necessarily, like, an instant death, but it's probably, like, badly wounded at the very best. Do you concede okay, that we'll that's probably fair? Um, yeah, okay, if, if, it, if it connects cleanly... Brock Lesnar will die. If it's like a half, you know, kind of misses, but it still connects somehow, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm okay with that. So what I'm saying, 10 Brock Lesnar's at once, Ooh, 300-pound steroided man, you know, a couple of them take each leg, a couple by the arms, some going from the back. Like, this is 10 of Brock Lesnar. 10. Like, have you ever been, like, you know, a, like 10 Brock Lesnar's? 10 prime SmackDown, here comes the pain, fucking traps to the ears, Brock Lesnar. Like, it's got to be 10 Brocks. Unless the gorilla was trained by fucking, like, Teddy Atlas or something, and it ha it has the perfect boxing technique and can just oh, bro, one bang each of them. Come on. Bro. Bro, here, okay, I've got two things to say in regards to this argument. One is a game changer that gorilla can bite. The gorilla's oh, jaw strength is nuts. It will, it will bite. It will bite no, we're, we're going, going MMA bite. rules. No bite. No bite. Bro, how would the gorilla know MMA rules? Well, they, well, they just sew its mouth shut. Okay, so it can't bite. Yeah. Can I do low blows? <laughs> Bro, it's, it's a 10 on 1. It's, low blows will happen, I imagine, inevitably. Nah, because a gorilla doesn't like have the mental capacity where it knows to kick Brock in the dick. Well, I don't I, wouldn't, I don't know. I mean, chimpanzees can. They, they apparently target their, um, what their they opponents. What's Dick and rip rip them off, yeah. Ah! On the Joe Rogan podcast. That's yeah, yeah, they, they, yeah, yeah, they, they aim for the the nuts so I can and wee wee and try and rip it off. So <laughs> my God, I don't you, know if Grizz, you know, have my that. God, just said the fucking wee wee. On on a, on a side note, um, bears no wrestling. Well, yeah, look at Khabib, mate. That, that's how he got so fucking good.
Yeah, I watched a little documentary panel. All right, and actually know, like, so wrestling techniques. So, so you're going with this. So the bear. So not the bear. Sorry, the fucking gorilla. So the gorilla essentially swipes and takes out each of the Brock Lesnar's, and then the Brock Lesnar's are then. No, but here, here's what I'm saying though. I think the Brock Lesnar's will have a brief moment where they're landing ground and pound on the gorilla, but it won't be enough to seriously wound it or kill it. My guy's going for the fucking. You want to give them fifty k? My guy's saying this is going to be some fight of the night performance. It's going to be a back and forth fight. The gorilla's almost going to be dead, but he's going to rally and come back for like a third round KO. It won't even be injured that badly. It will just absorb some damage and then it will just start uppercutting them. Their heads will fly off. Days, man. This is the problem I have, like, because you and Ryan are saying this, because, like, Ryan was like, yeah, the gorilla will just, like, one bang a Brock, and, like, you know, the gorilla's just going to uppercut it. Like, a gorilla will just wildly kind of swing. I don't want to hear, yeah, like, it'll uppercut it. That implies too much technique. Okay, okay nah, okay. I misspoke. It will do a wild swing and, and kill a Brock Lesnar. Do you hear, also, hear like, that? wrestling moves that work on a, on a human being will not work on a gorilla. Yeah, no, but you also got to remember, like, with wrestling and shooting and stuff or whatever, this is, we're talking about 300-pound All-American Brock Lesnar, prime steroided, and 10 of them. I'm not, yeah, Look, if it's one Brock Lesnar versus one fucking silverback gorilla, that silverback gorilla's massive, right? There's no way one. That's not even a question, though. I'm saying it's 10. Like, okay, so here's, here's my point that I then concede to you, right? Surely there's a point where there's a number of Brock Lesnar's that will beat the gorilla. Do you concede yeah. that? Okay. Yeah. If it's not 10, how many is it? I'm thinking around 25. 25? Yeah. So you, you, the minimum you would need is 25 prime Brock Lesnar's to beat one silverback gorilla. If they do not have knuckle dusters with acid dipped in them, yes. <laughs> okay. If they have knuckle dusters dipped in acid, how many? 10 to 15. God, man, this guy. Right, well, if any of you listeners have any uh, opinions on it, please uh, feel free to get in touch. And uh, it's a good debate to have with any of your friends. I want to hear if you, anyone has any uh, fresh perspectives. Uh, the acid with knuckle dust is, uh, <laughs> took, me, uh, took me off guard, I will admit that. God. On a side note, uh, shout out Paul. He told me about his, uh, his uni mate. He said that one man with a samurai sword could kill a gorilla, so... Wait, what? How embarrassing is that? What? <laughs> he said that. No, actually, I, think, I believe he said one Brock Lesnar. Oh my god! One Brock Lesnar with a samurai sword could kill <laughs> a gorilla. So. Yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know if I agree with that. Shout out Paul, though. <laughs> Shout out Paul. To be fair, I, one of my friends once said he reckons five Brock Lesnars could tuck in the gorilla. Oh god. But you yeah. You believe that, do you? Also, as well, Paul was like, yeah like silverback gorillas they can bench press four thousand pounds and i'm like bro when did they get the guy at like fucking did they get him at pure gym and then sit him on the fucking <laughs> bench and just slowly load up the fucking plates so oh, how he gets a four thousand pounds i get like it's theoretical force but you know mm. this is a fucking this is prime here comes the pain brock lesnar man have you ever Whoa. seen him on that video game cover how terrifying he looks oh yeah, yeah. he definitely looks very scary yeah, man. But, I mean, a gorilla, bro. You say a gorilla. I, I mean, have you heard the story about how Mike Tyson wanted to pay, I think it was in Chicago Zoo or something, he wanted to pay 35 grand to just get in there and fight like a gorilla. I don't know if it was a silverback. Mike Tyson's <laughs> fucking crazy. Oh, this guy's crazy. 
Yeah, man. Shout out Mike Jackson. What yeah. guy? Yeah, man, he's the goat. So, yeah, I was just thinking, is there anything else you'd like to say before we round up for this week's edition of Stand Them Up? Um, we could try and quickly do some more questions. I saw that some of the boys made some more questions. Oh, yeah, go for it, man. Pick any of the questions. Let's go for it. Let's do one more. Uh, we can just do a quick one. Ryan said, downfall of Tony Ferguson. What's next? Next fight for Tony Ferguson. Oh. Who do you think he, he fights Shout next? out. Yeah, that's a good question. I like that. We'll also do Luke's one because Luke's one's, I think, quite quite a good question as well. Just look at the rankings. So where does Tony fight? So is Ryan saying just where's Tony Ferguson go now? Who's he fight next? Yeah. I'm looking at the rankings. I mean, so that's the thing. Like, normally if you're ever on a skid, there's always that question of do you maybe change divisions? I don't know mm. if I see Tony at 170. Um, it depends how, how much Tony's really concerned about fighting more. Like, and this is a situation for Tony to kind of think about. Like, I think there'd be no shame for Tony walking away from the sport. I think he'll mm. be known as just super <clears throat> unlucky in terms of you know, that Justin Gaethje fight being very um, pivotal. If he is to stay at 155, kind of under this assumption, maybe a fight between him and RDA or Islam Makachev. They're the only, they're the two that I can I reckon, think of. I reckon, yeah, Islam Makachev is a, a great shot. Because Tony still has that thing where he still has that beef with Khabib. He still doesn't like Khabib. And as much as like Islam Makachev is a bit of a boogeyman of the division, if you were to be the, you know, if you do beat Islam Makachev, you can then call out Khabib. And there's that kind of narrative. But yeah, I reckon Tony, I, Tony versus RDA is a good rematch because Tony obviously talked RDA the first time. RDA's looking pretty decent at 155 again. So if Tony wants kind of a more immediate rebound, perhaps RDA. But then, yeah, I reckon maybe Islam Makachev, but it's a very tricky one for Tony. What do you reckon? Yep, I'm going Islam. I reckon that makes sense, like, you know, quote-unquote storyline-wise, and I think Islam has a lot to gain by beating Tony as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we love a story. We definitely mm. love a story. Oh, Hamza, um, let's try and get through the rest of these before the hour. We've got a few minutes. We've got about five minutes. Hamza's yep. question is very good. Where does <laughs> where does TJ Dillashaw fit into all of this? But yeah, where does TJ Dillashaw... Obviously, he is coming off his two-year suspension for using... Lance Armstrong's favorite performance enhancer, EPO. <laughs> Shout out Lance <laughs> Armstrong. Um, yeah, where does he fit into bantamweight? You know, Peter Yan is the champion uh, currently. I so, where does he fit in? Title shot, but I think what he could, I think what makes the most sense for him to do is beat Aldo, then get the title shot. So, yeah, to be fair, I that I was a great up. call out from Jose Aldo. Jose Aldo winning and then immediately saying, you know, TJ Dillashaw, let's fight. Because this is a kind of interesting thing. I thought Corey Sandhagen versus Dillashaw would be the fight to make in terms of a really great eliminator. Because Sterling versus Jan is obviously for the belt. Then mm -hmm. Sandhagen accepted a fight against Frankie Edgar. Yep. So, you know, that kind of then happens. So I, I don't mm. really know what to make of that. But it, yeah, so in terms of who else has left, you then have Rob Font and you have Jose Aldo. Rob Font looked very impressive in his knockout of Marlon Marais, but he's not as big a name, whereas Aldo versus really Dillashaw good. really has that name power. That's what it is, really. Name power. Plus, finally, you've got Aldo coming off a win, so 
yeah definitely that makes the most sense i think no out of us is your good so in agreement there and then the next one is our last question for the week yeah. and that's from luke is max holloway right back in for a title shot if he wins I think maybe. I think it depends. I think it all depends on the time, when the fights happen and the results. But if Max beats, um, if Max beats Kater, and then Ortega and Volkanovski fight, and Ortega wins, that sets up perfectly for Max Ortega two for the belt. Again, I think that's a great. I think, I'd hope that happens. That'd be incredible. No, I, I definitely agree. But, but that, yeah, that's the thing. I, I, there's too many moving parts there for me. So it it yeah. depends in terms of you know if Max say Max wins by split decision maybe over Calvin Cater and you know if if uh, Holloway is still the champ and sorry not Holloway I'm getting flustered if Volkanovski say beats Ortega and you know mm. Max is coming off like a decent win over Cater I really think it's going to yeah. take quite a lot to then really get the get the ball rolling for a third fight it's not very often you'll find someone loses to a champ twice and then gets a third fight like max in my opinion is either gonna have to wait till volkanovsky loses which he could do to ortega and then that sets up brilliantly for him Mm. or he's gonna have to do something pretty kind of impressive really put a statement to say right let's get this third Uh, fight he i think he either has to really make quick work of kater to get the title shot straight away or beat um Kater in a I don't know good performance and then wait out Zabit versus actually is Zabit able to fight maybe fight Zabit yeah I mean Zabit well. hasn't fought Zabit hasn't fought in so long in my opinion Zabit needs to Zabit's a couple of fights away from a title shot the kind of title picture it's, I mean ranking wise though he's he's um it's just he's been tied up with Yair just constantly booking and rebooking that and fight. then Yair just fucking off and not telling you Sada where he is and getting banned for six months yeah yeah but I mean looking at the rankings I mean top five is Korean Zombie Yair Zabit Brian Ortega Max Holloway so, so let me put it to you to this let me put it to you this just to close it so say Max gets a late stoppage of K to kind of TK Max pressure kind of style right say yep that kind of happens. And Volkanovski beats Ortega by, say, mm-hmm. a decision. Like, you know, just mm-hmm. a standard kind of decision. Mm-hmm. Is that going to be enough for Max to fight for the title? I think... I think. I don't think it is. On, I think maybe. I think it depends on how long Zabit is able to... Or when he's able to fight again. If he's able to fight, I think they, they put him against Max. But, mm-hmm. I mean, if he's going to be out for a while for whatever reason, that run it back. They love Max enough to do it. Yeah, it depends on yeah, it is kind of that interesting thing because there is there is when you're looking at the kind of rankings, there really is those kind of top featherweights, and then to be honest, I don't see too many emerging emerging ones. It kind of feels like it's Max Holloway, Brian Ortega, Zabit Yair, the Korean Zombie, and then Calvin Cater, and then below that you've got Mm. people like Josh Emmett, Jeremy Stevens, Arnold Allen, Sadiq Youssef, Danny Gay, Shane Burgos, uh, Ryan Hall. Like they're all they're all great fighters, but (laughs) I mean I wouldn't say they're all gatekeepers. That's pretty harsh to label them all that. But yeah, from kind of downwards from Cater, it kind of seems like okay, that's that's then kind of like there's a bit of a gulf. So then looking at okay, Korean Zombie, he doesn't have a fight, but he lost to Yair, but. 
and he lost to Ortega, so maybe him versus Zabit would be cool. Yair's just Yair fucked off and didn't tell you so harder. Zabit, you know, Z- yeah, Zabit, you know, very flashy, but again, he hasn't fought in ages, so he isn't that prominent in people's minds. So yeah, it's a very tricky one. And then Holloway's obviously beaten Ortega, but Ortega's now fighting for the belt. So it really is kind of that core group. And then, yeah, it, it, Max, for me, Max is going to have to do a lot to get a title shot. But then again, if, you know, say say Volkanovski beats Ortega, who then is a top contender if Max has beaten Cater? There's no one really there. Who else that Volkanovski yeah, can fight? The the Robert Whitaker thing right where he's just kind of forced himself as the next in line even though they've just fought so yeah I mean then we can look forward to Henry Cejudo becoming the see how the division sorts itself out yeah Henry Cejudo he'll 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 swoop in and go for a quadruple C we've got that to look forward to man boy oh boy but all right that's uh that's been an hour so uh let's uh wrap this thing up Javid have you got anything you'd like to say to stand them up listeners keep it casual folks God bless you <laughs> keep it casual don't forget you can follow us on instagram at stand them up underscore podcast by the way just to clear the air the logo i actually made myself uh through an app which has now gotten through a massive update where now everyone basically looks like disney people instead of cartoons <laughs> so uh even though my hair is a lot longer than that picture, I think I'm still going to be catfishing everyone because uh, I'm not going to be able to make another logo for free. So uh, shout out the app for updating. And of course, you can Instagram me or Javid separately at madmac underscore MMA and at Javid Bustos. And yeah, this has been Stand Them Up. Keep it casual and look forward to a Fight Island 3. Keep it casual. God bless. <laughs>